0: March 11th, 1702, England's first national daily newspaper is published. All the horoscopes read, quote, You will die of tuberculosis. Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And we have a great show for you. We're joined by the co-host of Jay and Roger Play Video Games, uh, the writer and creator of the Bible Goes West podcast, uh, the wonderful Roger Norquist, everyone.
1: Thank you guys very much. I'm Roger Norquist.
0: Yeah, You're also the man behind the Stern German lady. Yes. Twitter feed. <laughs> yes, I which am. Which is very not the way
1: I should probably phrase no, that sort of thing.
2: Don't pull back the curtain <laughs> too much, Brian. <laughs> what does that mean?
1: I mean, it's definitely not things that I'm writing, like just sitting down and writing, but just like remembering what my grandma screamed at me and then making them <laughs> even more brutal
0: (laughs) uh thank you for being here um listeners uh if you're new to the show what we do is each episode we take a topic from history one person presents the official version of events uh which will be zach this episode if i remember correctly i hope so yeah (laughs) (laughs) yep because i wrote something wackadoo and that's what the other person does they come up with a wackadoo bullshit alternate history and the winner gets to become the truth uh, if you listening to the last episode, Tsar Nicholas II, then you'll know that the alternate history won out. Does anyone remember what happened?
2: <laughs> uh, it was kind of similar to the real history, except also he was like a hip hop artist who mm-hmm. occasionally curried goodwill by releasing a dope album. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, that makes yeah.
0: sense. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. So, yep. Thank you, Adam Fideski, for that. Because. <laughs> Of course. This week, we're continuing with our coverage of Russian history by talking about uh, Leon Trotsky. So, Zach, as I said, you've got the true history. Roger, you've got the alternate. Mm Mm-hmm. So, if we're all ready, Zach,
2: why don't you take us away? All right. Well, as sometimes happens with more contemporary figures on the show, there's a lot of information about old Leon out there. Yeah, it, when we do the old, uh, like, the fucking Viking yeah, shit. Yeah, the Viking shit was it's all like, based on, like... Oh, I've got one paragraph on this person. <laughs> and it involves a dragon, yeah. basically, so... But uh, I guess the record-keeping got a little better, even though uh, Stalin did his best to I don't to know, kinda... the Icelandic
1: sagas are pretty organized.
0: <laughs> oh, <yeah>. they're so... <laughs> Any, yeah, anything that begins with someone's lineage, like the Bible, actually, <laughs> yeah. is basically that.
2: And certainly Stalin had no reason to, say, remove mentions of Trotsky from certain <laughs> documents later on. Um, and he's not that kind of guy either. Uh, anyway. so, Stalin's cool. Yes, yeah. Yeah, Stalin's known as for his chill. They call him Chill
0: Stalin. <laughs> as we're about to find because out. of Siberia, actually.
2: Yeah. Yeah, always had an extra joint for whoever happened to come into the meeting room. <laughs>
0: yeah, what's what's Russian for dab rig? What is that? <laughs>
2: yeah, you got me on that Dab rig. You'd yeah, be
0: okay.
1: surprised how many languages just
0: accept okay. the English yeah, it's version a of word. it. Of course, it's like blue, le blue jeans. I was watching
1: that, uh... Ultimate Beast Hunter on Netflix, and in every language, that's what the show is called. <laughs> oh, nice. And I'm like, no, nah, Germans got a word for ultimate, and I'm sure Beast Master. Yeah, that's yeah. got a. That's but now nah, they just accept it. Ultimate Beast Master. Yeah, that, I'm very surprised there's not a German word. But I'm for sure that.
2: the word for master was like co-opted by the Nazis at some point. And now it sounds weird yeah, to say think that
1: <laughs> the <laughs> Nazis used the word master. There might be some negative connot- connotation there. <laughs> Yeah, the the
0: original German translation was in followed fa- by an apology.
2: Ultimate Beastmaster <laughs> might have just been a post in the Nazi army. <laughs> uh, Leo Trotsky was born November 7th, 1879. Uh, he was born to a, actually a moderately well-off Jewish family. His original last name was Bronstein. Um, he later changed it to his revolutionary <laughs> name is what they described it as. Like he's fucking Malcolm X or something. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what he did. That's my favorite part of yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was a uh, you know, pretty normal childhood, but he was a populist initially. And his wife, his first wife, ultimately uh, showed him the value of Marxism and got him into making <laughs> pamphlets and leaflets and speeches in support of like, uh, you know, a socialist communist revolution. And I guess the Russian government didn't like that because he went to fucking prison. And so did his wife. (laughs) And children. And children. Well, they were born in, uh, he was eventually sent to Siberia for four years where his two kids were born. And like a character from an old timey cartoon, he escaped Siberia by hiding in a wagon full of hay. Oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) I forgot about that part. But yeah, so he he got the fuck out of there and uh, eventually divorced his wife. Uh, but they apparently remained friendly. His daughters both died. Now, um, did his
0: wife? His wife didn't escape with him, right? She's... She
2: escaped with the daughters separately later on.
0: Okay, so he escaped first.
2: Yeah. And One the... thing his first wife didn't escape was the Stalinist purges. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: what the? <laughs> this is the VH1 behind the music for Trotsky's first wife. <laughs>
2: well, I just thought I'd get some closure on her. She didn't make it. <laughs> Um, neither did either of his daughters. One died of tuberculosis mm-hmm. and the other had tuberculosis and killed herself uh, because it was apparently very unpleasant, Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah.
0: That sounds right. It
2: and sounds very Russian. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So eventually he moves to London and starts writing for this communist like newspaper paper called what's it? Iskra, I believe. Called and, the New York Times. Yeah, for the New York Times. <laughs> the failing New York Times. Oh, And he meets a few notable folks, such as Old old Lennon. (laughs) Old Lennon! (laughs) Yeah. He's working for that paper, too, in London. Eventually, he becomes, like, one of the main people in it, uh, involved with the paper. He meets his second wife, and there's splits among the team who kind of runs the paper over like how they want the future of the Communist there, Party. There, there's a
0: split in a communist <laughs> <laughs> organization. Yeah. Unification isn't easy. It's weird. <laughs> they were they were really making very fine parsings of the different people's beliefs.
2: Gotta be honest, it kind of becomes a trend. <laughs> um, so there's the Bolsheviks, which is Lenin's whole deal. Mm, and Lenin's whole deal. It's
1: It's <laughs> his thing. Yeah. Everyone kinda... he dates has to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Like dating uh, someone involved in improv. He has to go to his Bolshevik meetings once a week. <laughs> oh,
0: goddammit. Um, I'm, God I'm trying to
2: think of a Bolshevik game team. Probably even more annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the Bolsheviks are like, we want a smaller party with more dedicated people. And the Mensheviks are like, no, we want a bigger party, but we're going to be a little less hardline on the ideology. It's kind of like now, like sort of the Bernie bro versus major Democratic Party shift is mm-hmm. kind of what it reminded me of a little bit.
0: Yeah. That, that's not um, ominous or upsetting <laughs> at all.
2: Yeah. Uh, right. Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, he returns to Russia when the 1905 revolution starts a percolating. <laughs>
1: It was like Paris. Moscow was like Paris back then, just percolating with activity oh, yeah. and life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a
0: colder, m- much more brutal Paris. <laughs> yeah. Brutal Paris is actually the Russian the Russian name of Moscow.
2: He actually rises to become the elected leader of the Menshevik uh workers soviet, which is a fancy word for council. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh. very fancy. <laughs> um And at this point, Lenin is not a big fan of Trotsky. They're like super, super divided on pretty much everything. But eventually, the leaders of the Soviet are arrested in 1905. Trotsky, once again, sentenced to Siberia. But he's even better. He kind of refined his tactics because he escapes on the way to Siberia. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, nah, I can't return to my wife. Yeah. It's just more
0: efficient if I escape before I get to prison.
2: Yeah, and he goes back to London. <laughs> Fuck, I can't return to my
0: ex-wife. <laughs> I left her in prison to escape in a truck full of hay. Um, Which he, was the warmest material at the, time, at the time for time, Russia. Yeah.
1: Like, that was the best he could have done.
0: Yeah, hay was the memory foam of the 18th <laughs> yeah. century.
2: It's 99. the currency of Siberia, hay. Yeah. <laughs> um, He joins Pravda in London, which is another communist paper, and he works on trying to unify the rifts in the party, but Lenin remains kind of hard-line about everything. Um, Brian is acting like he's going to, like, capture this cat like it's a rat he's going to eat. Nah, the cat's
0: cool. (laughs) I just tried to get Willow walked into the room while we were recording and just took a dump because I forgot to take the litter box out of here, so...
2: Ah. Well, there you go.
1: That Behind the scenes,
0: a little not to ruin the mystique. Too much of a cat taking
2: a <laughs> it's shit. It's
1: foreshadowing Stalin in this <laughs> yeah. tale. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, one thing that a lot of the people involved in the Communist Party don't like about Lenin is that he's very cool with the idea of robbing banks to support the uh, opposition, and they think maybe be a little more lawful is kind of their game.
1: Nah, screw that shit. I agree with. with I agree Lenin. with
2: that. Yeah. Rob the banks. Divide it to the people. Um he eventually moves to Vienna but is forced to leave when World War 1 starts. I'm just going to go ahead and say a, a percolating, percolating. <laughs> <laughs> Um because yeah, he's exactly- <laughs> he's a Russian immigrant and Austria is not fond of them during <laughs> World War 1. <I>, Nine for <laughs> reasons. Um so, he, Lenin and Trotsky eventually find common ground in that they both hate the war. They oppose it. They don't think it's a good idea. And he kind of just gets kicked all the fuck around Europe for a while. He goes to France and Spain, but there's fascists rising up and people are suspicious of him. And eventually he gets uh, sent down to New York City. <laughs> the Big <laughs> Apple. Yeah. The
0: Windy mushroom yeah <laughs> mushroom, the classic
2: yep i couldn't think of <laughs> the garlic of knot it. um anyways uh the 1917 revolution starts occurring while he is i should say <laughs> sorry while he's all will edit that out yeah in new york and he starts to head back to russia but the british intercept his ship and he is again interred by British authorities, <laughs>
1: which is a war crime, I might add. Well, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Take it. Up I kind of
1: take sides here. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> the
2: guy who came before Churchill, maybe?
1: <laughs> no, it wasn't the guy. It was a. Uh, it probably was Churchill. He was an old dude back then, just telling people what to do.
2: Uh, Churchill,
0: I think, was an MP at this point.
1: Military police just yep. busting skulls
2: uh, with a stick Yeah. regardless Churchill was definitely <laughs> involved um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways he became really popular with the workers and peasants while he was interred to the degree so I just
0: pictured Churchill wearing a wire talking to Trotsky <laughs> yeah. but the wire's like a phonograph <laughs> Yeah.
2: <laughs> to the degree that the other workers and peasants who were interred with him actually like petitioned and protested for his right to give speeches to them <laughs> Because uh, the Brits didn't kind of care for that. Have yeah, you guys
1: seen his, his talking? Not like since I'm like a Marxist anyway, but like he was phenomenal. At, he spoke so many languages and could tell speeches and all of them fluently and passionately. It was impressive. I mm-hmm. would also petition to hear him speech. Just (laughs) for entertainment purposes. (laughs) A recurring
2: theme is that he's apparently a fucking great speaker. Yeah,
1: Not Um, in like a Mussolini or Hitler way either, but like in (laughs) just a good (laughs) speaking, like Martin Luther King style way.
2: Good. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Not Um, in a Mussolini way. Anytime I call, I'm in a public speaking class right now, and I just want that to be on every grading sheet.
2: Yeah, uh, but they uh, he eventually gets released by the Brits and returns to Russia, and he becomes BFFs with Lenin at this point, and they work together to stop counter revolutionaries in the early days, I guess, mm-hmm. of the Soviet Union, um, during which time he is again briefly arrested. <laughs> <laughs> but it's
0: mainly, is a reunion for his previous time <laughs> in the fucking gulag. There was a cake this time. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: But he becomes, by the end of the year, Lenin's like de facto number two guy. He's in charge of foreign affairs. And uh, they're pretty antsy about signing a peace treaty with Germany because they're an imperialist power and they kind of just want to spur... A communist revolution in post-war mm. Germany, which might have been a better way for Germany to go,
0: might possibly. Yes. Like, um, I mean, there's a very good chance <laughs> of that, given the alternative. <laughs>
2: um, but ultimately, they're too weak to like worry about German offensives if they don't sign a peace treaty and, mm. and cave. But the whole fiasco makes them have to retire because also
0: as we discussed in the previous episode uh the russian execution of world war one uh was (laughs) very very costly for them
2: yeah absolutely yeah Every time the Russians are in a war, it yeah. tends to be very costly. They lose a lot of people, but somehow still win. They gain yes. land.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. a blood for land system they work on.
0: Oh, just wait till we get to Stalingrad. Right.
2: <laughs> well, he's forced out of the Foreign Affairs Office, but takes over control of the Red Army, which he kind of modernizes and grows exponentially to get like a actual military force in Russia. They buy them a tank. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh it's at where, this where previously they just threw potatoes at people. <laughs> and he also has to deal with the Russian Civil War, mm-hmm. which is when he first starts dealing with a little gentleman named Joseph Stalin, <laughs> with whom he frequently disagrees on how to handle <laughs> the <laughs> army and the war. I mean you're making it sound like they're like the fucking odd couple. <laughs> well it
0: <laughs> they're was sharing here's a, a Russian fucking <laughs> apartment.
1: And here's a Georgian, and they're all like, listen I like war, and the other one's are like, I like war, too, but in a different way. <laughs>
2: yeah, you'll never believe this, but Russian was a lot stricter than Trotsky was <laughs> in regards to not only handling the, uh, the white army, but also um, handling his own troops, who he would kill if they weren't hardline communist enough sometimes. Mm. Um, but eventually they do win that war. Uh, and... They go about kind of finally establishing a lasting Russian government. Trotsky blew up a, a
1: battleship, a Russian battleship, because they're all like, I would like bread.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he's not great. Like he's better than Stalin, but he still supported something called the Red Terror, <laughs> yeah. which basically perched, was killing the people who yeah. wanted bread. Yeah, like the bourgeoisie yeah, the and the people. Yeah, the bread terror yeah, that's supporting the white. Yeah, not, not great. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the next few years are kind of marked by just compl- all these rifts in the party, uh, the ruling establishment of Russia. Usually with Stalin and on one side and Trotsky and usually Lenin on the other, but there were even times when Stalin and Trotsky found themselves in the same time because it was fucking just crazy. All kinds of shit going on. <laughs> um
1: War makes
0: strange bedfellows. I just pictured that being on like a newsreel. <laughs> <laughs> with all kinds of shit going on in Russia. Anyway, here's this here's this dog riding a bicycle or <laughs> whatever.
2: But things get upped uh, a little bit when Lennon gets super sick, and he starts having like a billion strokes. Um, <laughs> and just a one right after another.
1: One, the left side of his face is all droopy, then the right, and just keeps alternating. Yeah, yeah. people thought
2: it was a new dance at first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> The new dance, Chris, that's sweeping yep. Russia. The Lenin sweeps Russia. <laughs> thousands die. <laughs> to be fair, every Russian headline ends with thousands, thousands die. Thousands die. <laughs> die. It's a positive headline there. Yeah. That means there'll be more bread. <laughs> yeah. Um, Trotsky was assumed to be kind of the heir apparent, and that's actually what Lenin wanted. But uh, Stalin starts forming this thing called the the Troika with a few other prominent figures in Russian politics Mm -hmm. and using surprisingly underhanded means to try (laughs) and secure his uh, secession, including like one time he packed a uh, meeting of like the Russian party with delegates that were pro Stalin. And amusingly enough, Trotsky got up to speak at it and these shills and stooges that he had hired. Gave him a standing ovation, <laughs> which kind of pissed Stalin off. <laughs> yeah, no shit.
1: Oh, uh, Stalin, can I say this too? Stalin, one time, Lenin had died. So Stalin did the bitchiest thing you could do and sent Trotsky a letter saying yeah. that the death, that the funeral was going to be the day after. So Trotsky was the only one that missed Lenin's funeral. Because he was out of the
2: country at the time. But it was not true. He could have made it, but Stalin just lied so yeah. he would oh miss it geez. and hurt his like total, like total,
1: total Dallas-style tactics.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I just pictured them in dresses falling into a pool. <laughs>
1: They're, they totally I just say dynasty, bitch actually. and slut all the time <laughs> to each other.
2: <laughs> um, but the it's, Troika... It's more like RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> the Troika was kind of popular among the main party and also among newspapers which coincidentally they controlled
0: yeah (laughs) um i don't know if coincidentally is the word you want to use there Well,
2: correlation causation yeah let's be honest uh trotsky on the other hand was popular among universities and academics so there you go Um, Fun to watch a man speak yeah (laughs) yeah that's they really get off on that And it's not helped that Trotsky gets sick a lot during this time and has difficulty defending his name because he's often bedridden. (laughs) Yeah, because he's got the Lenins. (laughs) So Trotsky's forced out of his posts, but he keeps his seat in the party not long after. And he kind of just does nothing for a year. Like he doesn't have any real set or meaningful role to serve. Uh, Meanwhile, the Troika falls apart. Um, Match. Yeah. And some of them actually turn to Trotsky as a hope to kind of bring back some favor and maybe bring about party unification. Um, But uh, it doesn't really work out. There's disagreement about, say, how things should go in China, where Stalin is more okay with the communists in China teaming up with the nationalists. And Trotsky wants, you know, a Mm -hmm. proper communist socialist party. Uh, but eventually, Trotsky loses that too. He loses his party membership completely. so uh, Stalin gets more aggressive in his tactics and like every time Trotsky speaks, he hires people to scream out at him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's almost more passive aggressive a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and eventually things get a little hot. So the whole uh, time
2: he's
1: murdering people too. Yeah this, so, is, yeah, this is
0: the only person he's being real passive aggressive <laughs> to. Well,
2: eventually, not long after that, Trotsky. We is... threw you
0: a birthday party, Trotsky, but you missed
2: it. <laughs> Trotsky, go ahead. Ends up being exiled. Uh, he goes from like Turkey to France to like. Norway, uh, in Norway, um he's put under house arrest by the growing fascist contingent mm-hmm. in, in Norway, who, like despises him and they managed to get him put under house arrest, which he calls the most repressive time like he ever spent in his life. And this guy spent time in Siberia
0: <laughs> with a lady and two kids. <laughs> yeah, and a pile of hay, just to... <laughs> the most luxurious state-of-the-art hay
2: yeah it's one thing to be in siberia but being in siberia with your wife (laughs) no freedom at all
1: i like these 1980s sitcom references
2: absolutely that's our style here
0: (laughs) yeah of course
2: uh the remaining trotskyites in russia guess what are killed (laughs) (laughs) in various purges in the 30s um there's mock trials in Russia to try and get Trotsky branded retroactively as like a terrorist person, Hell as a yeah. criminal against the state. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just uh, such and enthusiasm for a mock trial.
2: <laughs> Trotsky manages to wind up in Mexico, which as we established earlier, um, because Rasputin, uh, had a failed immortality potion that turned oh, him yeah. into two people, Vladimir Putin and the Chupacabra. Yep. The Chupacabra comes with Trotsky to Mexico. Okay. yeah.
0: God damn it.
1: Yep. I
2: forgot about that shit. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it, all, it all tracks. <laughs>
1: yep. yeah. It all checks out.
2: Yes. So uh, he's writing books and he establishes uh, the fourth international uh, communist party um, mm-hmm. after Stalin is too friendly with Nazis for, <laughs> uh, for Trotsky's taste. He kind of wanted to avoid it to keep unification in the party. But after that, he was like, yeah, we got to do this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a failed assassination attempt, a raid on his uh, on his property that kills a few of his guards. Um, And then another assassination attempt where he is attacked with an ice pick. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's kind of a bungled attempt. He manages to fight the guy off and he gets captured and sent to prison. But uh, Trotsky does die the next day of blood loss. So that would be not August. really
0: a bungled assassination attempt. Well, like ideally successful. you get out. Ideally you
2: escape. <laughs> yeah, the guy okay. intended to not be caught. But
1: then again he did come at him with an ice pick, so I don't yeah. know exactly how... Like, so <laughs> a not
0: ideal
1: assassination attempt but like...
2: <laughs> you gotta work with what you got I guess. B plus. Like, yeah. the guy died. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, that was August 24- 21st 1940, and that marks the end of old Trotsky. Mmm. Well, Zach,
0: thank you. Roger, uh, if you're ready, go ahead and take it away.
1: I am almost ready. All right. Well, all of uh, what he said was pretty much accurate with the fuel omissions, but that's okay because Trotsky's life is very, very vast mm-hmm. and complicated, as you said. Uh, however, he did not die in Mexico. Uh, this was, of course, a false flag operation by the mm. CIA. <laughs> Trotsky, sense. of course, fled to Canada. And as Canada was then, and is now, it is the leader of the free world, Trotsky was open with welcome arms.
0: (laughs) For a few (laughs) years... Germany contends for that role now, maybe... (laughs) Definitely not then.
1: No, definitely not. And I'm a hard, li- hardline Canadian lover. <laughs> for a few years, he lived in Vancouver Canadian because lover as we- <laughs> your Twitter handle. Yep. <laughs> I operate operate a few Twitter handles. For a few years, he lived in Vancouver because it was, as we all know, Trotsky was into Asian chicks.
2: The, <laughs> the, the Russo-Japanese War was a tough time for Trotsky.
1: <laughs> it tore him apart on the inside. Uh, but for a Russian man, the Vancouver heat, as we all know, was very unbearable. So he had to go up north to Inuit country. Mm. He went to the province of Nanavut. Maybe that's how it's pronounced? I think it's Nunavut. Okay. None of it. There I we go.
2: Nunavut. Yeah, that's the mnemonic <laughs> That's what you say when you move there.
1: Yeah, that's the uh.
0: mnemonic device I learned for that. <laughs>
1: None of it. And a little town up there called Alert, which mm. I think is how it's pronounced.
0: Yeah, I was just Googling that the other day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why? Um, I'm Trotsky?
0: Re- no, I was reading... The a, real truth? I'm reading a book about... I'm reading a couple books about polar expeditions. Yeah, uh, it's
1: the most northern inhabited place in the world. hmm I know so. this because of Trotsky. <laughs> <laughs> Uh so the weather is the
2: alert that you should not fucking live there. Yeah. <laughs> now nah, you should. Alert. stop
0: going north. What are you doing? Yeah. All
1: right. So, we're up in alert. Weather's very cold. People are good. He remarries again because as we all know, Trotsky loves the puss. <laughs> he marries a native woman and finds a fondness for blubber and what he learns is Eskimo ice cream. Blubber with berries. And uh, what a shortening fried up in a frying pan? It's delicious. Wait, so it's this fried. is a real thing? It's a blubber with berries okay. and shortening fried up in a frying I pan. I mean, you already
0: said that. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help. Like, my... okay, cool. It's I mean, delicious.
1: No. Trust me. <laughs> th- Did you bring samples? No, I didn't. I just <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I eat a lot of fun things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's your Instagram feed, <laughs> funny, and it's mostly blubber-based.
1: I love it. All right, so he's living in this uh, in, in in Inuit country, town of Alert, for many years, uh, has another wife and kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, night of Christmas Eve, uh, 1957, Trotsky was up late drinking cocoa, stewing over the failure of his workers' revolution when he heard a knock on the door.
0: Haven't we been there? Haven't we all?
1: (laughs) (laughs) He answers the door, and to his surprise, he sees an elf dressed in green with a pointy hat and shoes. Uh, That's
0: very surprising.
1: (laughs) The elf says, Trotsky, yes, the elves, we need your help. Come with me, quick. (laughs) The elf grabbed Trotsky's hand, and the elf had a, with him a pouch, of course, as all elves do.
0: Yes, of
1: course. His hand goes into the pouch, and he pulls out dust and blows it all over Trotsky, blinding him. When the architect <laughs> of the revolution cleared his eyes, he was standing upon thousands of elves in a decrepit factory. The elected official of the elves Wait, went up standing to standing
0: tr- upon thousands of elves? Or- oh,
1: sorry, I probably said that wrong. Okay. U-P-O-N. Okay. U-P-O-N. <laughs> Okay, I, I see. Yes, yes, not I like on found, a, bunch. Like, a bunch. of elf bodies. But if they didn't do the teleportation spell right, like yes. all of this that I'm saying, I f- have plenty I mean, of documentation to prove. If his Whether reign, or not he landed on elves reign, with the with the oh. teleportation spell properly cast, I don't know, unfortunately. Of course, that's lost <laughs> to the
0: Although, same yeah.
2: time. if his reign over the elves goes like his reign over russia eventually he will be standing on thousands <laughs> of elves.
1: all right so the elected official goes up to trotsky he says we need you to lead us you are the voice of the worker throughout the world santa has created a system of inequality which he uses to oppress the foundation of society trotsky of course sees this the reality of the situation and the, how the factory is, of course, an unsafe hellhole where hours are long and pay is very little. Mm-hmm. There's no benefits on top of this for the proletari- proletariat and only <laughs> hard, endless work. The distribution of wealth, of course, was in the hands of Santa and not the swing, swinger of the hammer.
2: Can I just say. <laughs> I appreciate you not trying to make a portmanteau of proletariat and elf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, what would that be? It's got to be pro elf <laughs> Yeah, that's what it would be. <laughs>
0: okay, sorry. I, I hate you go ahead and make the fucking portmanteau.
1: <laughs> so Trotsky does what we all know Trotsky to do best. He gets on a platform and then he mobilizes the working class into a political and military force. <laughs> Santa, in his white castle, built by the hands of an underpaid worker force, does not notice the organization of force around him, and the elves storm the castle and slaughter all which betrayed the revolution by loyalty of the great oppressor. (laughs) Within minutes, the proletariat elf army has captured Santa and his family and take them down to the basement. (laughs) Trotsky, of course, as we all know, wanted to do a mock trial to bring unification and uh, prestige to Mm. the party his uh his no, that's followers never a real trial' no, <laughs> never going. a real trial with trotsky <laughs> his his uh followers of course, as with the teachings of trotsky take the take f- use uh, action in their own hands and execute Santa and his family mm. uh Trotsky does not want to condemn the actions of his own party members, so he accepts this and celebrates it
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> now. Just like the Russian Revolution, they distribute the wealth, but without Stalin and Lenin to muck up things, mm-hmm. uh, wealth is distributed equally amongst the workers. All benefits are now provided. And uh, it was a very happy three years I, until he finally died. Okay, In I, I a do, perfect I, worker paradise you know, of the North Pole.
2: <laughs> I like the through theme from the last episode to this one, uh, because in the last episode, we are talking about how Tsar Nicholas was called Short Nick, which sounds like a name for Santa Claus.
0: (laughs) I I didn't think about that. Uh, I'm also, I like the idea, um, I'll get to this in judgment actually, but I I just like the idea of what this is doing to the idea of Christmas, just because it is
1: a holiday about gift giving. That stupid Amber Alert. Hey everyone, if you are out there. There, uh, an Amber Alert has been deactivated. Mm-hmm. So never mind.
0: Sorry, yeah, no okay. alert. We're good. <laughs> I mean, of
2: course,
1: uh, this will
0: be released a few days after this, so <laughs> don't think about...
2: If you've spent the last half a week <laughs> following up on that Amber Alert you got, you've been wasting your time, buddy.
1: Here's your closure. 30 minutes after the original alert, Deactivated.
0: Yeah. Uh, also, if you happen to get an Amber Alert while you're listening to this podcast, pay attention to
2: it.
1: Cause... so that kid or midget that that <laughs> yeah. man confused yeah. for a kid.
2: Is that an Imbruge reference? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers for Imbruge. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fucking
0: spoilers for Imbruge. Oh God damn it. Fault judgment falls to me this episode, um, and I am just I'm really liking the idea of. Santa Claus being overthrown by a worker. It's not residence. an idea; it's the truth. Well, yes, sorry, I, I, I think I'm gonna go with the alternate history just because I like the idea of Christmas still happening somehow, uh, but it's being run by a bunch of communist elves.
2: Also, this is one of the rare cases where the two stories are actually really just me and Roger telling the same story in two parts.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's...
2: Yeah, the only the only contradiction
1: I had was that. Zach concluded that Trotsky
2: died. Yeah, that was the only.
0: (laughs) Also, I like the idea that uh, the ideal worker's paradise is previously thought to be (laughs) mythical, basically.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of uh, my myth and mythology course. Yeah, we yeah. went into that. Oh,
0: yeah. They talked a lot about Santa Claus in your myth and mythology.
2: Oh, yes. Hell yeah. I just thought, like, I probably, I probably misread because I said I saw something about an ice pick and I was in a hurry. I was probably reading about the icy picks of the elves <laughs> yeah, exactly. that were oppressed.
0: Of course. Um, so before we go, quick plug Nighttime Tonight, our live late night show at the Deer Pile will be happening uh, Thursday, March 16th. That's the next one. Uh, And then the one after that will be April 20th. It's the third Thursday of every month. Uh, That's 9 p.m. at the Deer Pile. All the donations are going to a different charity. Uh, This month, it's the Karam Foundation, which provides
1: aid to Syrian refugees. Good for you. I was going to say good for them, but no. (laughs) No, but good for you guys for doing the good fight. (laughs) Oh, it's such like I mean, it's such an underwhelming. The
2: end, The end goal is good for them. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but not good for them currently. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> just like con- continued survival for them. Listeners, uh, if you're so inclined, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. That's so so helpful.
1: Uh, and also yeah, find especially
2: us on... written reviews are the most helpful of all. Yes, Indeed. indeed-y.
1: Um And also just listening to it. It yeah. helps with. It, the shows, because my show also gets put on the, what are people listening to? Well, if you listen to the show, it helps us because mm-hmm. it shows up on the, what are people listening to?
2: Roger, did you, we name checked your podcast. Did you want to explain briefly what it is actually about? So people have an idea. Uh, the
1: Bible yeah. Goes West is a uh, Bible retelling of the, let me say that like an adult. The Bible Goes West is my re- re- written version of the Bible. Uh, it's an audio book. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the podcast section Because that's how things work It's narrated by uh, Brent Gill As the great J.E. Tucker The true author We're doing mm-hmm. like a Don Quixote thing And it's
0: J.E. <laughs> <the, laughs> e. Tucker's the, the true writer J.E. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, e. Tucker Is the great true author Of The Bible Goes West Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Brent Gill as J.E. Tucker, me as a number of characters, Jay Gillespie as a number of characters. And if you've seen the Bible on Netflix, mm-hmm. uh, it's basically that but an audio version of it. Real fanciful and (laughs) western but you know instead of old-timey
2: so if you're listening to this podcast and happen to be a fan of rewriting things from history (laughs) possibly this is a good jumping off
1: point in the next season i make a number of quickly down under and naked gun references
2: perfect (laughs) (laughs) and
1: throw in that style comedy it made brent laugh out loud while he was trying to narrate it (laughs) multiple times so we're in a oh. good direction. Me and him are the writers. I'm head writer, obviously, because I'm not going to require him to read the Bible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God damn. Um, I mean, we're, we're basically at plugs, um, but for this podcast, there's our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram, and our website, revisionistpodcast.com, and uh, our Patreon page, which helps support the show. We still have a few of those Jeff Tice-designed t-shirts left, which are awesome. Um, so, yeah, Roger, we mentioned the Bible Goes West. Uh, yep. Stern at Stern German Lady. At
1: Stern German Lady. And All this can be found at Sexpot Comedy, too.
0: Yes, of course. And then the the show, Jay and Roger Play Video Games. Yes. You want to talk about
1: that for a minute? Uh, we are leaving the pre recorded nonsense and hassle of editing and post production, and we are now making it a live show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are planning on doing it every Tuesday around nine-ish, and, you know, we'll play video games for two hours uh, in Sexpot Studios comedy, invite comedians, you know, that are in the open mic and buddies that are in town and play some fun new uh, multiplayer, single-player PS4 games. We're building, uh, what are what them thingy-bobbers called? A Raspberry Pi. <laughs>
2: Wait, well, uh, what is that?
1: The nerds know what I'm talking about. My
2: roommate has one. <laughs>
1: What what is it? It's a it's a small computer, and that's basically what it is. But what people are currently using it for is to emulate build yeah. uh, emulators, so you can play 64 and shit. Oh shit! Okay. Uh, it comes. It's a motherboard that comes with uh, USB ports and HDMI ports, so you can run it to TV. You can put in USB N64 controllers and fun nonsense like that, and it's a great recreation of our childhood if you're (laughs) old enough to be playing the 64 and super nes games you know
2: get on
0: that gold nine indeed yeah, also, when you say building Raspberry Pi, I'm
1: like, <laughs> I love saying it, but. Yeah, I don't know There is what like, no I'm talking about. That means ras- something very different for me. Some
2: Raspberry Pi Golden Eye. Yep, that's the <laughs> slogan. Yeah, something an old Southern woman might so say. So that's
1: the future of video yeah. games, is it, is though. Is that something an old
2: Southern woman would say? <laughs> I mean, if she is. read Ian Fleming's novels. Yeah, okay. Fine.
1: But that's the future of video games, uh, live streaming from now on, with uh, Jeremy Peisher as our producer. Nice. On screen producer.
0: Uh, and that's streaming on Facebook.
1: Yes, it is. Awesome,
0: uh, Zach, uh, we talk about this all the time, but you co-host Stage
2: of Fools. That's correct. And our final episode for this season of the show should be coming out around the same time as this episode. Mm-hmm. And then we're on hiatus until season four of the Royals returns in some month's time. Um, as for me, uh, mentioned nighttime
0: tonight. Uh, I will be at Comedy Works for the Funny Final Four on April 5th. Uh, and I will be doing uh, a show on March 28th at Voodoo Comedy Playhouse called Target Practice. That is an all crowd work show and terrifies me. So if you want to <laughs> check that, why? It's. Because because it's there, it's like the Everest.
2: (laughs) This podcast is the sum of Brian's social interaction for every two weeks. It's been great.
1: Just do what you've been doing here. Crowd work is the funnest. I grew up with Sam, uh, talent doing stuff. So you know all that crowd work is is just talking to someone, and then when they say something, anything, it doesn't matter. You make a silly face. (laughs) You go what? That was a dead-on say. Or, yeah, he does the arm things. I'm sorry you guys can't see it, but I literally just leaned into the mic and threw my arms at the hip like a sassy stepmom. Mm-hmm. Slash yep. Sam Talent.
0: <laughs> yeah. Who's more of a Sasquatch stepmom. Yeah. Yeah.
1: A d- <laughs> I've hit
0: two really dumb things this episode, so I should re- we should really get out of here before I
1: break the internet. Just don't be scared, Brian. That's all I want to say. Uh, that's not fun. possible for me. <laughs> Uh, For everyone here at The Revisionist, I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And Uh, I'm Roger Norquist. Thank you guys for having me. Roger, thank you for being here. Uh, Have a good time. I will.